0: You're listening to the FUVFC
1: podcast on WFUVSports.org. Hello and welcome. We're talking soccer in the Bronx here on WFUVFC. I'm your guide, Christian Hoban, joined by the always wonderful Rich Franco here. We got a lot to talk about last week on FUVFC. We were in two days before uh, the transfer deadline day. Uh, So now the transfer deadline day has well passed, um, and we had some interesting drama at the end there with not one, this gives me so much pleasure to say, not one, not two, but three big-name players rejecting moves to Chelsea. That's so wonderful to say, and I'm so glad John's not here to defend them. <laughs> he but can listen later. He, he can, can listen. listen. Later. Hi, John. So it's just so fun to say. So we had um, Alex oxlade Chamberlain, who we talked about last week, like it was a done deal. Him to it Chelsea. was essentially a done. Deal. It was essentially a done deal to go to Chelsea. He's about to go to Chelsea, backed out, and now he's at Liverpool. We had Ross Barkley, who went to London, had agreed to terms with Chelsea. Everton had agreed to terms with Chelsea. He was completing a medical, and he backed out at the at the last possible second backed out stayed at everton and then we had uh fernando urente from swansea about to go to chelsea to be a nice backup striker a nice piece for them and he goes to spurs last minute after the likes that one i like that one i like that one everyone else yeah he's a nice piece for spurs he's gonna score a lot of goals in the league cup and the fa cup it's gonna be nice but all all in all that's kind of weird for the champions the it's, reigning champions especially
0: at Antonio Conte because yeah. he's, he's a guy that last year a lot of players were saying I want to play for this guy. He, he had the energy, he was electric. People wanted to play for Chelsea. And now I believe like Ox specifically came out and said I don't want to play right wing back anymore. Like right. I want to play up front. I want to play uh I want to play midfield. I want to play I want to be a striker. Like I want to be the guy. And he didn't want to play right wing back and and John was mentioning last week that that was so key for Chelsea to bring Ox in to play that right wing back, and I don't know what what's going on in Chelsea now.
1: the The interesting thing is they did do some business uh, on deadline day. They got uh, David Zapacosta and they got um, Drinkwater um, from Leicester, though. Which is which is a nice. Which is Danny, a, Danny
0: Drinkwater is a is a fine it's, player.
1: It's a ni- It's he's a fine player. It's not who they wanted from Leicester. <laughs> <laughs> It's not who anybody wanted from Leicester, but it's not a bad transfer deadline window or transfer window for Chelsea, not a bad transfer deadline day, getting up picking up Zappacosta and Drinkwater. But it's interesting and a little weird that three big-name players, two of them being English, would reject moves to Chelsea. And the interesting thing for me about—Ross um, Barkley's not that interesting because— He's not healthy right now, and he's not going to be healthy until December, until right before the January window opens. So that's not that weird that he right. wouldn't move now and that Everton would wait for January. So however weird that was that he backed out at the last minute, it, right. it was a weird story, but I, it's understandable that they would wait for January. The Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain one is interesting to me because he went to Liverpool, where he's not exactly going to be the man at Liverpool either. Um, Emre Chan playing very well. Wijnaldum is playing well, both for Liverpool and played well for the Netherlands over the break. They're, they're, Henderson's not dropping from the lineup. None of those front three are dropping from the lineup, Firmino, Mane, and Salah. Lallana will be back in October, so I just don't see where there's a regular spot in the lineup for Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain at Liverpool, which is what makes rejecting Chelsea for Liverpool seem feel kind of weird. And if Oxlade-Chamberlain...
0: Can break his way into that lineup. Like he has, he the can. Ability. He's got the talent. He's got the quality. And especially with Jurgen Klopp, you never really know what happened behind behind closed doors. Right. Jurgen Klopp is a fantastic manager. He's a guy that really puts pieces together on the pitch. So you saw what he did at Dortmund, and he's kind of starting to do it now at Liverpool. Obviously, the last the past two seasons, he's had a little rough bump. But I c- contribute that to the Brendan Rodgers hangover. Yeah, and that was... everything that happened there. Yeah. So. Sturridge, I would consider still a liability up front for Liverpool. Uh, He hasn't really proven himself to not be injury prone. We haven't seen him on the pitch for the past two years for an extended period of time. So maybe Ox can break into that front front two, front three. But it is very interesting to see that he would reject possibly
1: a starting role at Chelsea with Diego Costa on the outs. It, it's just odd it's also worth mentioning that I, ma- I i mentioned seven players who could be ahead of ox in the team in the squad at liverpool and i didn't even mention phil coutinho correct so i mean yeah. it it just feels a little weird to me and i get it liverpool have a lot of games to play and they've got a much higher energy high pressing uh, style of play that i guess drains more from your players than chelsea's style of play which fits and which fits with, ox's Which fits his playing style, and it would make sense that Liverpool would want a lot more quality depth than Chelsea, per se, would need, because Chelsea aren't going to wear their players out as much by playing them in the FA Cup, Champions League, and Premier League, as Liverpool will playing in the exact same competitions, just because of Klopp's style of play, the high press. It's a lot of running, especially for that front three. Salah, Mane, and Firmino are doing a lot of running. So, I mean... It is interesting, and I think Alex Oxley chamberlain will get time, probably. But he'll probably get some time in the league and the FA Cup. I don't know how much Champions League time you're going to want to give him, especially when Lallana comes back and healthy. Um, but we'll see, and especially if uh, Coutinho refuses to play in the Champions League, which I don't know what, I the, believe what he the story is. Was, I was be- he named on the I roster? I believe
0: he was named on the roster. Okay, I'll look it up right now.
1: Um, but regardless, uh, it's an interesting move. Um, the Ross Barkley thing was interesting. Llorente is interesting to me um, because he's been in the league for a while. Um, he's been, he was in Spain for a while. He's Spanish. And then he's been at Swansea for a couple of years now, and he's had success. And he de, and he still decided um, to move to Tottenham instead of Chelsea, which is interesting to me because Tottenham's striker position is so much more shored up than Chelsea's. Chelsea's a little wide open. I mean, they know they spent a lot on Alvaro Morata, but he's not proven in the Premier League as much nearly as much as 2-time golden boot winner Harry Kane is so it's interesting nice, i nice you, little you plug have to there. you have to say that i almost wear my, wore my Harry Kane jersey today you guys are very lucky i didn't um but it's it but it is interesting because regardless of how talented spurs are compared to chelsea chelsea are clearly the better team than spurs um, at striker spurs are better than chelsea harry kane is if not the best yeah, striker neither, in the premier league I, he's I the most consistent correct and is not going to break into the top into ahead of harry kane he's gonna play he's certainly gonna play uh in the league against mid lower table teams to give harry kane some days off he's gonna play in the fa cup but he's not gonna get any champions league time he's not gonna get any time against the top six against the top 10 in the premier league so it's it which he would if he stayed at chelsea or swansea i mean or and if he went to chelsea who knows what the deal is there um, in terms of their striker position, maybe he does get in, slip in a game against Atleti or Roma in the Champions League. Right. You never know. I mean,
0: and speaking of the Champions League of which, uh, Felipe Coutinho was named in Liverpool's Champions League roster.
1: Okay. so he, So if he goes... So here's my question that I legitimately don't know the answer to. He's been named in their roster, but he hasn't played a game yet in the Champions League. So if he is named in the roster, which he... It's right. no surprise... even if he doesn't play a game but is technically on the roster even if he's not on the bench like if he's not in the game match day squad for any of the champions league if he goes to barcelona in january can he be then named in their roster or is it just the fact that he's on the roster whatever it's not that important uh at the moment because we do have uh some more interesting things to get to it's the international break um, which is very boring if you're very into the Premier League and nothing else. Um, but if you're into international soccer, um, it was very—it was a very interesting international break. Um, there, was, there were a lot of interesting scorelines in Europe. Um, the first one that I want to get to is uh, 3-0 uh, Spain uh, over Italy, which was interesting to me. Um, a couple of nice goals from Isco and the aforementioned Alvaro Morata. Uh, buried one in the 70 something minute i don't remember exactly um but it was interesting because Italy i thought were better than that defensively i know they did, i to me it doesn't seem like they have that potent of an attack but i thought if italy had anything it was a defense italy have always
0: been a defensive minded team to, as as well like over over a period of time like their center backs have been Bonucci uh Chiellini so like these guys are are seasoned defenders who obviously looking at Juventus they don't let up goals yeah they don't so this especially with mil- Gigi Buffon Exactly so di- I I'm not 100% sure did Gigi Buffon play in- He did he did yeah. Okay so but there was no Chiellini so there was no Chiellini Bonucci was playing though So Italy, for the longest time, have had this bolster of defense, like this back line that have continuously played together on the international scene, or be it at club. So it's very odd to see them lose 3-0 to Spain. I, and so another interesting fact, I'm just going to blurt this out because I was looking at the, uh, the 2006 World Cup when Italy did <laughs> win over the weekend, and Italy d- let up two goals that entire tournament, one to France and one in the group stage to the United States. Oh, yes. 1-1 and it was an own goal. Oh, okay. So, so. <laughs> but it was it was very interesting to see that because I mean, two goals in States, the whole tournament. Yeah, two goals in the entire tournament and the United States crash out of that World Cup. They were a, in last place in their group.
1: But that's but that's always how Italy have been, is that defensive mind. And the other thing that's interesting is that the team that would get three on them is Spain and not say a more attacking minded or a, a team that with more talent up front like a Germany or someone like that. Spain for all their talent in the midfield, has been criticized time and time again for a lack of depth up front and right. a lack of goal-scoring depth. And it's been that way for a long time. I mean, there was a point when they were playing basically a 4-6 with no strikers, and they they were still doing well because their midfielders were incredible. But it's interesting that they would put up three goals, two goals from Isco, um, who has played very well um, both at Madrid. I mean, there was a lot of rumors that he was going all over the place this summer, but he's he's kept his spot there. I think Zidane lo- loves Z- what Isco brings to the yeah, table. Yeah, and I, I think there's no reason not to love what he brings to the table. I think he's a great player. Um, but Alvaro Morata coming off the bench and scoring, the one interesting thing I want to get to about that game, um, Isco was subbed off after uh, in the second half for David Villa. Oh, blast that's a, that's from the past. A, that seems like, a name, hmm, that that seems seem like a name that we should know here at FUVFC. Um so David Villa at thirty five or however old he is, um, getting a call up to Spain is all sorts of confusing to me. Um first of all, yeah, he's thirty five. It's the middle of MLS season, right towards the playoff push, and he get he got hurt. It's not like Spain weren't in danger. Were in danger of not qualifying for the World Cup. They're on top of their group. Their group is Spain, Italy, and then the other four teams in the group are Albania, Israel, Macedonia, and Liechtenstein. They weren't going to not qualify. Who they just? Who they thrashed? They thrashed on Tuesday. Yeah, of course, of course they did. Liechtenstein's goal difference in uh, World Cup qualifying is minus thirty three. Of course, like Spain weren't going to have any trouble getting to the World Cup. So it's interesting that David Villa. It's not interesting that he'd get called up there. A little thin up front. He's play- He's been playing incredibly well the last two seasons in MLS. It ma- it makes some sense that Spain would want him there. He's experienced on the international level. It's ex- it makes sense that he'd get the call up. But it's interesting that he'd accept it. Because... He's been, for all intents and purposes, I don't know if he officially was, but he's been, for all intents and purposes, retired from international soccer. It's the playoff push for MLS. NYCFC are in second in the East. He's still their best player. The the, the team around him has gotten better this season and produced more around him, but he's still clearly the best player on NYCFC. It's interesting that he'd accept it, and then to get hurt makes it even more interesting. I don't know exactly how serious... Uh, the injury is I don't think it's anything that's going to keep him out of the playoffs per se. I believe it was his addu- adductor 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 yeah his a and I believe that's something
0: with the hip or the yeah, thigh that, that's, Yeah. That's that's that like muscle connected yeah, so hip. that could be a tricky injury.
1: Yeah it's a tricky it's a tricky injury for a guy that's 35 and who has been
0: playing most of the time during the matches like he yeah, he gets sucked he, he
1: plays he plays 90 minutes a lot of a lot of matches for nycfc so it, it's very in i'd say a little worrying as an nycfc
0: fan to see david via go off to spain get this injury and then come back because nycfc is in the middle of the playoff push so it'll be interesting the way in which vieira treats this injury how serious is it it I believe it was a strain, but then again, you never know with a guy who's thirty-five years old, right? And and, and it's such an odd hip. spot,
1: a hip, especially right. with a with a striker. You whip that foot through. I mean, it's 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 tough. I don't from from everything that I can tell, it they there's not a ton of concern uh, for NYCFC. Um, basically, they were holding him out against Lichtenstein because there was no point, so they just sent him back. Um, but it is it is concerning when you're when. But it also brings up another interesting, uh, more philosophical point about the MLS. You know, when your stars are aging, they're so much more fragile, but that's neither here nor there. Um, But the more practical implications for NYCFC coming into the playoff push, honestly, at this point, NYCFC um, have enough talent to probably um, maintain second place or fall not any further than third if David Villa were out for the rest of the season. They have um, the talent behind them. They have they to do push. they have the talent um, to to stay second or third in the East without David Villa. Um, so I don't see any reason to bring him in to put him in for the rest of this until the playoffs start. Gen- genuinely, I mean, Patrick Vieira is a lot smarter than I am. <laughs> so, so if he if he does if he puts Villa in, believe him. But. <laughs> But if if you were asking me about my lineup decisions, I'd say sub them in for the last half of the last regular season game so we can get back into game speed. But other than that, there's I I don't think especially a 35 year old a hip injury is kind of can be so weird. I don't think there's any reason to rush him back. But um so we so that's Spain Italy. Um, there is one game I want to touch on quickly before we get to the United States. Um, I want to touch on England. Uh, England Slovakia. They went down in the third minute. Off, I be- it was I be- they w- did go down early. It was it was 1-0
0: Slovakia off of, off of a Marcus Rashford mistake.
1: Yeah, it was a that was a bad mistake. It wasn't, great. wasn't well, that gonna, great. Was not great. That's not luck. what not what you want to see. So
0: England fought back in this game. They, they it did. wasn't pretty. No, it was not a the pretty game. The goals may have been pretty. The the final result was 2-1 and it was a beautiful set play for Eric Eric Dear.
1: Yeah, Eric Dyer's goal was it was a nice it was a nice play off a corner, and then Rashford's goal, of course, was beautiful. Um, but it, but the the one thing that I do want to talk about was after this game, how much confidence do you have in the in the back line of of England? Because I have basically none. Uh,
0: there's a little confidence there. A little I, confidence, I, I, I believe. England to me look w- by far better than they than they have looked. Oh, absolutely. So especially at at the 2014 World Cup. They are I believe they are astronomically better.
1: And I do and I and I even believe that they're better than they were at the Euros last year.
0: Oh, of course, because now now they've gained more confidence, the the players are getting more experience, Dele Ali is coming into coming into his own. So a lot of these they have the the power up front to score goals. You have Harry Kane, you have Marcus Rashford, you have Ali and Sterling, you have Sterling. So they they have the the flair and the talent up front to put goals in the back of the net. The question is the defense, obviously, and but I I don't think it's something to be worried about as as an England international fan. But I think that they'll be fine, and and I I'm not sure where they are in their qualifying group.
1: They're top of their qualifying. They're top of
0: the qualifying group. group. So they. They're gonna go to the. Uh,
1: they're gonna they, go to this World Cup. Yeah, they're gonna make the World Cup. That's that's not a question. I don't know what they'll do there. Uh, yeah, I don't know what they'll do there because
0: all depends on what group they get. And historically speaking, England have <laughs> not been that great in the World
1: yeah, Cup. Yeah, they are notorious underperformers. Um, we'll see. I hope they don't waste Harry Kane's prime the way they wasted Wayne Rooney's prime. Oh, um, poor Wayne Rooney. Poor Wayne Rooney. Poor sweet Wayne Rooney. But he will revitalize his career at Everton. Yeah, um, I've, Everton. I don't know what they're doing, man. It's some wild stuff over there. Hey, Money flying in, money flying out. It it, might work. It might work. It might work. It might work. Might as well give it a shot. Um, So then the last thing that we're going to talk about today, and we might be talking about it for a while because I'm going to get heated, um, is some legitimate concerns about the United States men's national soccer team because, oh boy, not a great break for them. I. I'm, I'm I was lost for words watching those two games, and
0: I hap, I happened to go to the game on Friday against Costa Rica, and if I, I came back and looked at the stats, it said the United States dominated possession, sixty-one to thirty-nine. They the United States had fourteen shots, and Costa Rica had nine.
1: The thing the thing that bothers me is they have fourteen shots, but. What's what's the quality of those shots? It's fourteen shots and two on target. Two on target. Costa Rica also had two on target. It was a two-nil defeat. Yeah, but it was but it was. I mean, Costa Rica. Costa Rica knew what they were doing. They were they were sitting back and they were counterattacking, which is
0: Costa Rica. Coast, all credit to Costa Rica. They played Costa a good game. Costa
1: Rica did came came to Red Bull Stadium and they did
0: their job. That's Mar- what that's Mar- what they wanted to do. Marcos Ureña is legit. He's oh, good.
1: He's he scored he scored that goal against Mexico. Yeah, at phenomenal strike. Yeah. And oh, Costa Rica is a good team. I hope they make the World Cup. That's fun.
0: I oh they were they were electric in twenty fourteen. Yeah, lo- yeah, yeah, that so was they, a lot of fun. As, I like to see CONCACAF succeed at the World Cup. Yeah, if they're not playing the United States, I like to see them see them succeed in at the World Cup. Yeah, but oh boy. I'm very stressed out. I'm very stressed out for this U- this U.S. team. It, oh yeah, Bruce Arena came in in March. And they revitalized them. There was so much energy. They thrashed Honduras six nil. And now they come back. Bruce Arena is yet to was yet to lose a, a game on the international stage in his second stint. In as this US, stint, In yeah. this in this stint. But you had to wonder when was it going to happen, and
1: it this was not pretty. No, it was not. And I, I've got I've got some beef um, with uh, Bruce Arena. You were saying yeah. earlier. Picking the squad, just pick. Just calling people up. I'd like to point out that we're going into a World Cup next year, and the average age of the three goalkeepers on the U.S. squad is 36. You can't old. find any younger goalies who are better than Brad Guzan. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of goalies that are better than Brad Guzan. A lot of them. All over the world. for all For so many teams, for so many countries, you can't find one American goalie that's better than Brad Guzan. I will I say could, I could Guzan walk out looked, on Fordham's campus and find a goalie better than Brad Guzan. I'm not exaggerating. He's pretty bad.
0: He did look much better than Tim Howard did.
1: Oh yeah. Tim Howard Tim Howard is no cupcake either. <laughs> and and your third goalie is who Ramondo? Come on. Come on. Who find a younger goalie. Who I personally think is a is a fantastic goalkeeper. I think Nick I, Rondo is a fantastic he's, goalkeeper. He's been a great goalkeeper in MLS his whole career, but he's thirty eight. The US needs to find a younger goalkeeper. They need to find younger everything. I mean, it's it At this point, don't get me wrong, I love Clint Dempsey and Michael Bradley, but for Clint Dempsey to be one of your best players at this point, at this point in his career, for him to still be one of, if not the best player on your squad, I mean, maybe Pulisic, but Pulisic's 18. He's 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 nowhere nowhere near being there yet.
0: The problem with the U.S. men's national team right now is that there is all of this youth influx of talent. Like, it's there. The talent yeah, is the there. The talent is there. There's so much raw talent that they have. And and I believe I said this last year on one of the podcasts when we talked about Jurgen Klinsmann. I hope that the U.S. makes this 2018 World Cup because they need these young players to get this exposure because there's the opportunity for this next generation of of soccer players to be fantastic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They, as a team, have a talent. Like The United States has grown soccer so beyond from what it has been with the introduction of MLS. Athletes are now choosing to play soccer when they are younger than other sports. Yeah. So the problem was that we would only find a generational talent here and there there was and there was only so much quality that we could generate that now there are so many players that you hear about all across the leagues in Germany I believe there's uh some Weston Weston McKenney yeah he's he's a young kid too and he's there's all of this young talent that needs to be brought up onto the stage. Kellen Acosta, I have no idea why he was not playing against Costa Rica. You saw what he's a difference he's, he made and he, yeah, against he's Honduras. Exact,
1: he's exactly the player you needed, and specifically against Costa Rica in terms of the style that Costa Rica plays. I mean, Bobby Wood not starting against Honduras might be one of the most egregious lineup decisions. Uh, of course, as soon as he comes on, he scores because he's your best striker. Of course. Of course, he's incredibly talented. He's having a great season in the Bundesliga. Like the Just, two, the, the two Why players... is, is Darlington Nagby starting over Bobby Wood? I,
0: I do believe that Darlington Nagby needs to be on the pitch, but I, these lineup alterations, he he, Bruce needs to find the, the right formation, and and he found it. It seemed like it was there in March. Yeah, it seemed like it was there at the Gold Cup. But it's not there right now, it's and I don't, I, I don't know. Kellen Acosta needed to play, and he was part of Kellen the goal needs to play. in Honduras.
1: Yeah, Kellen Acosta needs to play. Bobby Wood needs to play. Pulisic obviously needs to play, but Jordan Morris needs to play. I mean, like, and I get it. You, there's There were some players that they're missing. They're missing Brooks. They're missing DeAndre Yedlin. Um, there There are some more talented younger players who, for whatever reason, weren't there, but it's still pretty egregious to leave. Bobby Wood on the bench against Honduras and to leave Kelna Costa on the bench against Costa Rica. And all I'm saying is that I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident that the United States are going to make the World Cup, especially that, that point against Honduras, having it be one point instead of no points is very key, Um, especially preventing Honduras from getting the three points is incredibly key. Um, So the United States sit in fourth um, in the, in their qualifying uh, group standings. Um, but they have two games remaining, and it's again it's a home game against Panama, and it's a wherever who cares game against Trinidad and Tobago because they should get six points. They should get six. They points. should get six points. Will they get six? Will points? they get six points? I, I'm very confident that they're going to get four points because they're going to be Trinidad and Tobago. That's not a question, and they're going to. I think they're going to at least get a draw. Uh, they're at, they're at home right against Panama. Uh, they
0: are at home against Panama, which is, which is a very favorable. Draw for them.
1: Yes. You saw going
0: into Honduras, that was going to be a tough game for them. Oh, yeah. Even absolutely. though they thrashed them 6-0 back in March. Going into Honduras yeah, it's, has historically it's, been bad for the United States. yeah they have when the United States plays outside of the U.S. <laughs> in World Cup qualifying, it hasn't been
1: great for them. Just generally when they play outside, they should just play all their games in the United States. They should play all their games in high altitude, cold, it weather in the united states oh. the snow just make every other team incredibly uncomfortable that's the only way the u.s can
0: <laughs> so that so that 2026 world cup is that uh yeah
1: yeah let's play all the games in january in denver and the united states could win the world cup i think uh, Ooh, wow. i like it yeah i think they, think they could i think they could pull it off well with yeah. that trophy yeah That'd be a nice sight in four feet of down, snow like, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: So basically the United States will be the 2026 World Cup champion. But
1: only if it's the, the tournament is in the United States. That's right. an important caveat because if, if FIFA does some weird FIFA stuff and awards it to like Trinidad and Tobago or Liechtenstein or uh, Mongolia or North Korea or some weird FIFA stuff, then the United States isn't going to win. But if the United States is hosting it, first of all, it would be such a travesty if the United States hosted the World Cup and the United States didn't play England in Philadelphia on July Fourth, twenty twenty-six, the two hundred fiftieth anniversary of the Declaration of Independence, would that not be the most hyped sporting event perhaps I, ever? I believe you have to break out the Liberty Bell again and just yeah, and just you keep would have to. That you would have to for every that would, that would be every that would be minutes. the most hyped sporting event ever, and it has to happen, and it 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 has to happen. But again, so pretty confident that the United States is going to make the World Cup um unless they absolutely scuff it up against Panama. I'm nervous. I'm I, nervous. I, I
0: I won't I won't guarantee that they will make the World Cup, but I will say that I am nervous for
1: for what's up to come because it hasn't looked good. I'm nervous for the World Cup next year. I they're not going to make it out of their group if they keep if if they keep playing like this. They, I mean, it, it obviously depends on what group they get, but I don't I don't see them competing very well at
0: the World Cup. Yeah, I don't say I, and, I'm, and I'm okay with that. I am okay, I am with, okay that
1: with that, too. Lo- I'm, I'm okay with it with this caveat. I'm okay with the U.S. struggling at the World Cup, if it's the kids who are struggling at the World Cup. Right. But if it, they get out there and it's Graham Zussi and it's Michael Bradley and company, and DeMarcus Beasley and company, and they're struggling against the big teams, and uh, Bobby Wood and Ken Jordan Acosta. Morris and Kel Costa are Jones rotting Man on Abbey, the bench, right. then I'm going to be upset. But if they throw the kids out there, and they struggle in the World Cup, that's fine. I I, I agree. These kids need experience. They need to play. Michael
0: Bradley and co. have had their time on the international stage. But if Bruce Arena is really looking towards the long term for for the long success of the United States, then these kids need to play at the World Cup, and they need to make it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, so... Some struggles for the United States, some struggles for England, some triumphs for Spain, and, oh, I always love to say this, some difficulties for Chelsea on transfer deadline day. Um, So we got through a lot here on FEVFC today, and I'd like to point this out. I saw somebody said this uh, on Twitter. Bobby Wood's goal against Honduras may very well be the biggest goal scored by the United States since that goal that Landon Donovan scored against Algeria uh, in the 2010 World Cup. And I think I agree with that statement. Um, So long story short... Uh, Bruce Arena, if you're listening, play Bobby Wood every time. Um, That's it for us uh, at FUVFC. Uh, Have a great day.